0: Everyone, thanks for joining us for this challenge series called Heroes and Villains. In this series, we're looking at lesser-known people in the Bible who made an impact on the world in either a positive or a negative way. The foundation verse for this series, Micah 6.8, which says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God.
1: So we're going to look at 12 different characters in this series. Mm -hmm. The first four who act justly or very evil. The second four, they love mercy or they take revenge. And the final four will choose to either walk humbly with God or they'll be consumed with pride. Our goal in this series is to learn through their examples, both good and bad, how to be a better disciple of Jesus. So if you're ready, let's dive in.
0: In this very first episode of the Heroes and Villains series, we're going to take a look at a real villain, a lady called Queen Athelia. Now, we can find her story in 2 Chronicles 17 through 23. But before we begin, let me explain something. At this point in history, there were no large countries or governing powers that ruled over society. So these small tribal communities, they would often make alliances with other tribes in an effort to strengthen their community and to help them fight against any attacking enemies. Now, to give us a modern day reference of what this world looked like, it would be like us living in an inner city where gangs rule the streets and law enforcement doesn't even exist. So at any time, they could be attacked. Their towns could be destroyed, their, their food taken, their livestock taken, people murdered, raped. They could be even be hauled off as slaves. So let's keep this in mind as reference as we unfold this story. At this point in the story, the nation of Israel is divided into two groups, much like our nation was during the Civil War. Now, the north was called the kingdom of Israel, and the south was called the kingdom of Judah. This division made them weaker as a people group. And so even though they were at odds with each other, they were willing to form an alliance to keep themselves safe. So Omri, an evil king of Israel, he makes an alliance with Asa, a good king of Judah, in an effort to strengthen their countries and to improve commerce. Now, as a part of the deal, Omri gave his daughter to Asa's son, Jehoshaphat, as a wife. And the Bible doesn't record that there were really any problems from this marriage, but it did tie these two families together as relatives. so Asa, the king of Judah, he lives on for a number of years. But when he dies, Jehoshaphat, his son, takes over and he's a good king. He honors God and he leads the people well. However, he follows in his father's footsteps an example, and he creates this alliance with Israel by taking Athaliah, the king's daughter, as a wife for his son, Jehoram. Now, this was a huge mistake because Athaliah's parents were none other than the evil Ahab and Jezebel. Now, Jehoshaphat did remain a good king despite his alliance with Ahab, but when Jehoram, his son, took over, he was so greatly influenced by his wife Athaliah that he killed off six of his brothers and he did great evil among the people. Now, Jehoram was so evil that he only lasted as king for eight years, and at the age of 40, he died. And the Bible records that he was so hated that no one even cared. Now, this left Athaliah and her son to rule Judah. So Ahaziah, her son, took power, and he ruled for one year, but he was also so incredibly evil because of the influence of his mother. Now, at the end of his first year in power, Ahaziah joined his uncle, another evil king from Israel, in battle, and he was killed. When Athaliah heard that her son was dead, she immediately took over as the reigning queen of Judah. Now, shortly after that, Shortly after she took power, she murdered all the royal heirs to the throne, which were her very own grandchildren, in an effort to secure her position as queen. Now, as you can imagine, she was a horrible leader and she did great evil among the people. Athaliah reigned over Judah for six years before she was finally taken down. So... What I want us to see from this story is the incredible tragedy that lies in the decisions that were made by two good kings who thought that they needed to compromise and to build unhealthy alliances in an effort to protect and to better their countries. But instead, they brought evil and tragic results for years to come. Thank you. Thank you. So how crazy is that story?
1: Okay. So let me just say that um, my thoughts are all over the place. Um, (laughs) As I can imagine, everybody else who listened to that, um, let me just kind of, I need to unpack some things because I'm sure everybody else is needing to unpack as well as, especially if this is the first time anybody's hearing this story, right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. um, the idea of a godly king knowing that he is in leadership knowing that he has been put in a position to run a nation by god right mm-hmm. you're not talking about this is an, this is a, a democratic election this is this is not a democracy this is no. they are appointed by god and then through family lineage, correct? Right. Okay. Yeah. So knowing that, knowing that this is somebody that's been put in position, but yet, and so they're, they're a he's a God fearing king Mm -hmm. for the, for what we can tell, but then to go, well, I, I'm looking at how I can advance my country with commerce, how I can better our, our better, situate us financially. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make an alliance with somebody who I know is evil. Yeah. Who I know has a reputation because I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about today.
0: Yeah. I'm not. And they th- actually were, they actually were um, at odds with each other because of their, their stand of, of being godly or wicked. Right. You know, the because Judah and, and Israel.
1: You <laughs> had the um Ahab and Jezebel were known for all kinds of pagan worship and they worshipped Baal and all like just complete everything that goes completely against god and his commandments and his orders it correct yeah like and this is this yeah. is common knowledge this isn't just like oh we didn't know
0: oh yeah no 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 they they definitely knew exactly what they were doing
1: so, so you have this and so this i think that's the first thing it's hard for me to understand except for it's not because we do that right we we know what god's commandments are we know what he is expecting of us and we find ways to just we if it's something we want, bad yeah. enough, it's something mm-hmm. that that we are looking at and going, "You know what? Uh, maybe it's not that big of a deal. And we find justification along the way to right. to compromise, I guess is the best yeah. word. so right. that, that that's the first thing I think that um, I'm thinking. The second thing is the fact that um I have I, I know as a kid growing up and looking at the way um when you look at the Old Testament, you would think, wow, God, it's really mean. He's he's super harsh with His people. Because why would He wipe out—like, doesn't He love everybody? Didn't He create everybody? Like, that's the part I didn't understand is, why would He wipe out a people group? And when you start understanding what some of this worship looked like, like the oh, worship man. of Baal, yeah. you, horrible, you understand the heart of God and where He's just like, this is non-negotiable. Like, we're not putting up with this. So. That's happening in Israel, and you've got Judah in a situation where they're not—they have no water access. Correct? Is that is yeah, that correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so when the you the Philistines
0: is on one, are on one side, Ammon and all these Ites, these Menunites, and all these other—they're all around them. It. Like they're surrounded by all the Ites and the and right the, and the Eims.
1: So the, the only way that they can have they can take their commerce and take it out beyond Israel is to partner with Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there is, there's is definitely a compromise there. And I think that the idea that, I don't I mean, the fact that Jezebel, man, like I would never, I wouldn't, no matter what I could gain, I would never yeah. say, Hey, um, I'm going to let Jezebel I'm going to arrange for Jezebel to be my son's mother-in-law. Like that's <laughs> aw- that's awful. That's awful. I know. It's like that's I know. the worst thing you could do for your kids. So you yeah. you've got this all going on, and then he becomes something that you didn't. Which we did. We as we were researching all this, I thought was super interesting. Is that when after after Jehoshaphat dies and Jehoram becomes king. And he was king for what, eight years? Eight years. Eight years. He died of this severe intestinal disease where his insides basically ate themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so he was eaten alive from the inside out, which is like a scary movie, right? Right,
0: yeah. Well, so the way all that went down is like Elijah, who was a prophet, like everybody knows who Elijah is. Right. So Elijah. Not to be
1: confused with Elisha. Right. right.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. So Elijah the prophet. God sends Elijah to Jehoram and says, you know, because you continue in this evil, because you will not relent from just being this corrupt, evil leader. Yeah. I'm going to allow this disease to inflict your body.
1: So God essentially was even giving him a one last shot.
0: Yeah, I think. I think maybe if he would have repented at that moment and said... Whoa! okay, let me change my ways here, God might have, you know, I mean, because we've seen God do that in other places where Absolutely. God said, oh, well, this is going to happen to you. And the king repented. And then he, God was like, okay, okay, I'll, right. I'll back off of my, my but, decision.
1: But if you jump into the story right then, if like you opened up and started the story right then, you would see a God who was not merciful. You would say, why? Why would he just put this disease on this man. Well, you have to understand that knowing the backstory that they have now brought this pagan worship, this worship of Baal into Judah Mm -hmm. out of Israel, into Judah and the horrible child sacrifices and the things that are happening. This This like God's like, look, I'm you're, enough's enough. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know the backstory, jumping in right there, it really can cause a person to stop and go, wow, is God really a God of love? Is He really a God of mercy? Is He yeah, Absolutely, He's a God of mercy. He's he's, he's being, being so merciful, merciful for, to these kids to who are being sacrificed. And all of things. these innocent people who are being run by this corrupt leadership. Right. Yeah. So um, something that you said that I thought was really interesting is you compared this, the separation of, uh, Israel and Judah to, uh, the civil war with North and the South. Yeah. And it's really easy, I think, to look at a story like this and go, wow, that's great history, but I don't really think that that applies to me. But I think one thing we can learn is that history always repeats itself. And if you really dive into this, I, I don't know, hear me out on this. I don't think it's that much different than, where we're at right now as a nation. Um, mm. You've got... It's not North against South. It's political party against political party. Yeah. It's it's true. immunized people who have had their immunization versus those who haven't. Uh, people who are pro-life versus pro-choice. People who are... I mean, just all of yeah. this. Yeah. And there's so much division. Then you take it even into the church. There, mm. We have... Yeah. Especially in the South, we've got nine million church buildings (laughs) in a small town and they're all using the same Bible but we can't agree on anything. Yeah, And I think that there's something to be not said sad. about it. It is yeah. sad. It is incredibly sad. And I think part of it is, is, it's twofold. Number one, we do like what I just said. We open up the Bible and we start somewhere, not understanding yeah. the full picture. Exactly. So you have this yeah. idea that God is, oh, this, this angry God of... Revenge and and murder and, and he's not. You gotta know the backstory. And then the other yeah. part is And we make
0: assumptions for we assume, well, this is the way God is. Right. And we're gonna get to some other stories later on that are gonna really expose. Yes,
1: that yes, so. absolutely. Like this next this next one, which I'm super excited about and don't wanna jump ahead. But it's it's recognizing that. We're all even just within your family, right? Even within our family. We're two totally different people. Right. But and the Bible tells us to work out our salvation with mm-hmm. trembling and fear. And what does that mean? And what does it look like as you are the head of our home and you're leading this home? But yet I still have to stand before God on my actions and reactions. And mm-hmm. for people who are in college, I mean, you know, the decisions they're making. And what are what are you doing? Um when it, when you're looking at your life and you're looking at the word of god and is is your opinion of god coming from a sermon or is it coming from your personal study um yeah. in high school when you're really trying to just man you're you're making life choices of like look I'm at, I'm at that season of I'm kind of getting out of being a, a kid but I'm not yet an adult and I mean there's just All these different factors for all of us that you've got to look at. And so going back to this, I'm thinking about this. It's super confusing because I I think we could camp on this really for a long time. But my two big questions, my two big takeaways from this are this, and I wrote this down. Number one is who is in your inner circle and why? And I know that's that's kind of a loaded question when you think about it, because we're taught as followers of Jesus. Um, we're taught as people who are Christ-like Christians, it's, and Christians, we know what that means, and it's a word so usefully, uh, right. so loosely used, right? Yes. But as followers of Jesus, we're taught to love everyone. Um, I mean, we've well, got we're taught to go into all the world and preach enough. the gospel, right? right? But yeah. you know, like I, I wrote this down. First Peter four eight tells us that. Um, love covers a multitude of sin, and so we have this idea that, man, if I just love everybody, that's going to fix mm-hmm. everything. And I, I don't confuse the two, OK? Don't confuse the fact that we're called to love, we're called to reach, we're called to go and make disciples yeah. with and to walk among people. To walk among people, but that doesn't mean you're not still supposed to be selective on who you have in your inner circle. Absolutely. The um, people that influence you. Yes. I mean, you can love everyone around you, people that are different than you, people who have different opinions than you, people who don't believe in your God. You're supposed to love them. But who you have in your inner circle. So I think that's a question we have to ask ourselves. We, no matter where you're at in life, you have to stop and ask yourself, who is in your inner circle? Who do you have speaking into your life Mm -hmm. and why? Why? I think that's that's two questions in one. Yeah. Why are you allowing those people to speak into your life? Why have they earned the place?
0: I, I know. I know for me. Yeah. And, and you could probably name a number of times in your life as well that there there's been some times where I let some people into my inner circle, or I I invited them into my inner circle mm. because I wanted something. That they had, you know, I, sure. I wanted to belong to a certain group of people. I wanted to be in the in crowd with them, um, or um, or I, I I didn't think that God was going to give it to me, and yeah. so I kind of forced my hand to say, "Well, I'm going to put myself in a place to get that."
1: Right. Well, that I think that would that brings me to my my second question that I wrote down is, "Are you making compromise?" Mm. Out of yeah. you know, are you making compromise? Because it's it's one thing, and it's I think mean, we all have to be honest. Let's be real. Like that, so we all have that selfish motive of I might be friends with them because I know they're. You know, I remember mm. as a kid, this is awful. I can't believe I'm admitting this. I had a friend whose family went on these big elaborate international vacations, oh. and I didn't really even like her, but. <laughs> They took friends with them yeah. and I wanted to go. So like, I was like, Hey, I'm your friend, you know, yeah, it's yeah. awful. It's awful. But you, you can say, wow, that's horrible. But we do that. We do that in business. Mm-hmm. We do that yeah. in, in real like, When you have kids that play sports, you do that with, you know, like, okay, how do we, how do we work? Yeah, this their system. kids
0: on the team and he yes. plays really good and he's in with the coach. Right. And so and you learn I'm going to join, you know, you learn, I'm going to be friends with them.
1: Right. And you learn that in kindergarten. You learn mm-hmm. that. As yeah, a little kid, when you're like, okay, who, who do I want to play with? And there's some good to that because you learn to evaluate who do I want in my circle. But then your question is why? And if your question is not, if the answer to why is not a pure motive, then you find, are you compromising? If you're like, okay, this is what I believe. This is who I am. These are the morals. This is the values in which I, I live by. Are you making compromises to those values in order to get what you want when you want it? And to go back to what you said, with "I'm afraid," I mean, what a what a powerful, very real, honest statement. I'm afraid that God's not going to come through. Yeah, like we. We live in a world right now where nothing seems certain. We are facing things that we've never faced before. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a storm where we know, okay, well, now it's time to recover. Nobody knows what.
0: We don't know when it started or where it's going to end or if ex- it's going to end. Exactly.
1: Or... And who's in charge and yeah. what you're reading, what's true and what's not. And oh, I man. think the first yeah. thing we need to we need to go ahead and say is, The one absolute we have is Jesus. Yeah. That is the only, and you can say, well, that's the only absolute I have. Well, that is a great place to start.
0: (laughs) That's a great That is a great place
1: to start is that absolute of Jesus. And then the second thing I think that's important is surrounding yourself with people who recognize that as an absolute as well. Yeah. Finding people that, even if they're like, man, I don't know where I land on so much of this, uh, so much of Everything in the Word or whatever, but I know Jesus. I know Jesus is enough. Well, then let's start there. That's a great place to start. Yeah, and yeah. then taking the time, we've got to get back to the place where we're okay to sit down over a good cup of coffee and and mm. talk about what we're reading. Well, what are you seeing, and what is your takeaway from that? So I think that goes back to my two questions. Okay, who is in your inner circle and why? And are you making compromise? And is it out of fear because you don't trust God? I mean, what? why are you compromising? And I think a lot of times it comes down to a lack of trust. If you knew with everything in you that God has tomorrow, you wouldn't worry about today. Mm-hmm. Now, the Word of God promises us that He has tomorrow But we don't know what comes with that. And so it's like, well, but what if? And no one knew COVID was coming. And so now look at us. And what about this? And what about that? So I think that it's so important that you, this is a question that you ask yourself. And then you sit down and you figure out the answers to that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so let's get now to our challenge. What, what is it that you're going to challenge? So we're going to challenge everybody to do this week.
1: Okay. So with every single one of these things we do, we're going to always give a challenge. Yeah. And oftentimes the challenge is going to involve other people, but I think this first one, not so much. Yeah. This first challenge really needs to be kind of a personal thing. Um, I think the first challenge is this to sit down by yourself and take an assessment of who is in your inner circle. Mm-hmm. Be honest with yourself yeah. about that. And, right. be, and you know what? I'm one of those people that I make a, I take a piece of paper and I do the pros and cons. I, I write things. I'm a visual learner. So yeah. I have to see that this person, these are pros, these are cons and evaluate that. And then after you do that, after you make that personal assessment, if you see people that are in your inner circle, that it's the, it's.
0: They're not there. They shouldn't be there.
1: Yeah. So, so it's take that personal assessment, evaluate, and then make, make the efforts to move that around. Do do what you have to do. Yeah. And I think that you don't have to just call them up and go, hey, like you're making bonehead decisions. (laughs) And so you're no longer in my inner circle. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) You're gone. But you're not holy enough for me. Delete you from my
0: friend group. Right. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs)
1: Pushing you out. But I think that you can just. Start making, making, um, what well, kind of
0: looks like you just like, like maybe you just don't invite them into certain conversations, right? Exactly. Like, it's not that hey, they're not invited into of- to the party. Yeah, they're just right. not
1: invited into the planning. There you Th- go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like yeah. you, you get to, I'm limiting the influence that you have in my life. So, yeah. um, But I want to say then, if you're in a group study with this, because we have quite a few groups that are doing this study, if you're in a group study with this, when you come back together, talk about this. Don't throw out who it is. Don't say, oh yeah, well, you know, he was in there, but he ain't in there anymore. And he's sitting in the room (laughs) and he's like, oh gosh, you know, but I think you can talk about what that process looks like. You can say, well, I've evaluated and I found some people that I don't feel like need to be in there, and then encourage each other yeah. on how do you process through this. We're not meant to do life alone, right? No. So that this first challenge, I think, is a very singular, personal challenge, and that's to just assess your life. If you're—let me just get real. If you are totally in this because you have a desire to grow in your personal relationship with Jesus, you believe when the Word of God said, go make disciples— You believe that that's—you're wanting to grow as a disciple so that you can grow disciples. This is so important. It starts with not just knowing and loving and accepting Jesus, but now who's your influence? Like, it's huge. It's so important. So starting off with this whole thing about Queen Athalia, you're like, where does this go? It's so imperative in your life and in my life mm-hmm. to evaluate, man, if I'm moving forward in a very corrupt, broken, confused world, it matters. It matters who you have on the inside. It truly yeah. does. Who's, who's sitting at your table. Who's sitting at your table. I'm glad you're sitting at my table. I'm glad you're sitting at mine. Thanks. Okay. okay. So that, that would be my challenge. That yeah. I think that's my challenge.
0: Good. I think that's a good one. And I think that is definitely something that we all need to do. Hey, thank you so much for joining us um, for this very first challenge here in the Heroes and Villains series. And uh, we hope you have an awesome week. Yeah. We we hope that you really take this challenge to heart, that, you, that it helps you, that it, you grow from it, yeah. that maybe you find out some things that are holding you back from being the disciple, the person that Jesus wants you to be. Yeah. And so thank you again for joining us. We love you and have an awesome week and we'll see you again next week.